today is being taken from Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 to 17. For all those who have phones, sorry, we're going to give you something. Okay, cool. Now, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, so that, sorry, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and, yeah, region, and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Reggie. Thank you for being patient uh, tonight. This is not our usual program. This is a very special night, as you heard a bit earlier. Now I'm just going to welcome CK. And I just asked CK to share one, uh, like one loaded question. Who he is, what he's doing at the moment. And he was here. I will come in a bit later. So, CK, over to you. Instagram page? Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, my name is CK. Um, every time I get this thing of having to say something about myself, I just get confused about what I'm talking about. So, but I'm CK. I'm husband of one wife. I'm currently at a church. Yeah, uh, with, with one daughter. Actually, we have one and a half. She's one and three. And... Uh, I'm currently at a church in Pretoria. It's a fellowship, and I'm a, a church plant resident there, meaning that I've been praying uh, to plant a church. And, that's, and next year, we're planting a church in Eastern Coburg. And um, yeah, so that's, that's about me. Um, and with that, let's go to our text for this evening. Uh, Matthew 24, from 17. from verse 12 to verse 17. It's been really good to hear people sharing their stories and just sharing what God has been doing in their lives. It's been really to a pleasure from Fiona, Fiona and, and Bruno. It's been really, really good to hear just what God is doing in people's lives. And, and, and I think we all have a story to really to share what, what God has been doing in our lives. I recently had a, a friend uh, who came from overseas. He, he came from to do some software, like work. And when he came, on the first day when he came, he said, um, I'm here, I'm in town. Please come and see me. In fact, he had something for me, so I had to come and, and get that. But when I got to him, like literally maybe like two hours from the airport, and he was like, man, we need to go somewhere. It's my first time in the continent. No, this is an American, you know, say that. It's my first time in the, in the continent. I really need to go somewhere. Um, first thing I need to go to, please come with me. I'm, I'm sure you've been there, but let's go to the apartheid museum. Apartheid museum. And I was like, ah, actually, I haven't been there. Um, and uh, I don't know why I haven't been there, but I, 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 I can't even come with you. And, and he was like, wow, what's going on? I thought you would, you would have been to the apartheid museum. And I started thinking about it, because actually, why haven't I been there? Um, and I thought that, actually, it's probably a... <sighs> A hard place. I know that I have like hectic memories of apartheid, 
but just going there, it'll just start revealing stuff, just like the darkness that it, 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 that it reminds us of. And actually, no, I, I said to him, I don't know. I don't know if I can go with you when I haven't been there. And he said, actually, I do get you because I'm from New York and I, I haven't been to the 9-11 museum because I understand what that brings. I understand that going there would open up stuff. Um, and it just reminds me of how sometimes we, we avoid to face a darkness. We avoid to face stuff that actually reveals things that we don't want to think about. I was actually just thinking as Lily was sharing of just her going through that of finding like music and then adding her life. And I thought actually that was a, that was a hard thing to do because you're actually facing your fears. You're facing the darkness that you, you live with. And in this time of Christmas, or what the church calls Advent, uh, Advent is just a, a fancy word to, to say arrival. It's, it's the arrival of Jesus. Uh, it talks about the arrival of Jesus for the first time, but also looking to, to his second coming. And the time of Advent or the time of Christmas, what it does, it forces us to actually think about darkness. Because at the center of it is the person who comes to bring light. And therefore, we need to think about the darkness around us, but also the darkness within us. And our text this morning, or this evening, is about that. It's about that. In verse 16, it says, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Now, just to bring context of this, of this text, uh, Matthew um, is, is now just re- telling us about the time just after Jesus has fa- faced temptation uh, in the wilderness, and now he's starting his ministry in Galilee. Now, if you, if you probably know about different, the Gospels, the Gospels are written in different ways. You've got like John and Mark and Matthew um, and Luke, and they're written in different ways. And Matthew, the way he writes it is because of his background, but also the audience he's writing to. He's writing to the Jewish uh, audience because also he comes from that. And now what he does most of his, in, his, in his record or his account he, he quotes mostly of the Old Testament because he wants to show the Jewish uh, audience that all of the Old Testament is, po- is pointing to this Messiah King who has come. And therefore, he puts a lot of Old Testament quotes to show the people to say, actually, the Old Testament that you are used to is all pointing to Jesus. So even now, he records this, uh, this, this uh, thing that was, that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah about the one who will come and shine the light. Verse 12 says, Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, by the sea in the territory of Zebulun, Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. I think I might have skipped this. So what we see here is is Matthew pointing us back to what Isaiah has said. Now we have to understand and go back to exactly what was happening here. Why, is Isaiah, why was Isaiah talking about people dwelling in darkness? What was happening there was the people of God, they've been in different uh, attacks by the Assyrians. There were actually a lot of things that was happening there. And Isaiah actually talks about that as being in darkness. They were in darkness. They were surrounded. And there were a lot of things happening in their lives. 
they were in deep darkness. And you would expect that when that happened, they will call out to God to help them. But actually, they didn't do that. It said in, in, in Isaiah chapter 8 that they called out to the mediums, to the mystics, to the magicians to, for them to help. And that actually sent them into even deeper darkness. It didn't help them. And then it says to the next chapter from verse chapter, chapter 9 that in the land of Zebulon, the land of Naphtali, the way of, sea, the, the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of Gentiles, these people dwelling in darkness. Now, Isaiah here is, is speaking prophetically. Now, we sp we're talking about what was happening in the book of Isaiah. He was speaking prophetically to say, there will be a great light that will come in the people dwelling in darkness. In the light will come. Now, I just want us to look at this in two, just two, two ways. Firstly, just to realize that the world is a dark place. But secondly, that the light comes in unexpected ways. Just so number one, the world is a dark place, but also the, the, the light comes in unexpected ways. Now, as I said, darkness is really hard to grasp, thinking about what is darkness? The darkness in our lives or the darkness just within us? But one of the things we need to understand that the way we look at darkness or the way we face darkness is actually the way, the degree in which we'll experience light. In other words, if we really think, actually, I, I do need to face darkness in my life. I do need to, 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 to look at the darkness around me is actually the way I'll experience light by me admitting that there's darkness around me. Now, this is what is happening with these people. They, they, they see that there's darkness, but they're looking at the wrong place. They're looking at places where they won't see the light. And it says for us that we need to, to really face darkness, otherwise we won't truly understand the need of light. And when we talk about darkness, think about what's happening around us. Think about the darkness of just broken families, the darkness of a broken country. Think about the darkness of our loved ones wrestling with illness and depression. Think about darkness of poverty and, and, and violence and, and racism and, and sexism, the darkness around us. But don't just think about the darkness out there. Think about the darkness also in you. The darkness of twisted desires, the darkness of anger, of fear, of emptiness, of the wounds of the past, the darkness, even, that, even though we want to numb it with, with different stuff, we, we numb it with entertainment, we numb it with technology. But for us to experience light, we need to admit the darkness around us and within us. And this is what Advent brings us to. To say for us, here is this king coming, here is this light coming, and he comes in a place of darkness. Sometimes we get caught up with Christmas. It becomes about food, it becomes about drinks and friends and family. But the big thing about this season is that we're looking back 
to the great king who comes in a place where there's deep, deep darkness and to bring light. Now, the, the question is, how do we recognize the darkness in us? It says in Isaiah that they looked in the mystic, they looked with the magicians. In other places in the Bible, Paul talks about that the Greeks, when they want solutions, they look for wisdom. The Greeks sought out wisdom, not supernatural stuff, not mystics. They want intellect. They want education. The world for them will be saved out of darkness if only we could have great minds around us to give us great theories, to enlighten us. Those were the Greeks. But also you have the Jewish people who in the time of Jesus, they were looking for a political figure. They were looking for a leader. Someone who will bring political change. That's why they were not impressed with Jesus. Because they thought that the Messiah will come to bring them out of the tyranny of the Romans. They wanted a political leader. But the question is, where do you look for for light? Functionally. I know we probably hear, and most of us are Christians, and we will say, yeah, well, Jesus is our Lord. But functionally, where do, you, where do you look for for light? And the truth is, if you've got other places where you look for for light, as it says in Isaiah, it will get even darker. Because you're looking for not in the right place. Now, let's turn back and talk about light. That the light we need comes in unexpected places. And the truth is, the light we need is not the light that we work out. People, you know, people start talking about that we, if only we could, you know, all come together and, 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 and just be one, we could have this light that's been shining this world, that we have this light within us. But the light that the Bible talks about is not something that we can work out. It's, it's not something that, that we can just manufacture. It's beyond us. It's outside of us. It's the light that we discover. In verse 16, it says, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them, light has dawned. The light has shone on them. The light has dawned on them. It's God erupting in a situation to bring light. God is coming from the outside. What we see in this text is that God brings light also in unexpected ways. I'm sure you've been wondering, what, what, what's, what's the point of these places that are named here? In verse 15, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. You get all of these names. They are telling us that Jesus, of, of where Jesus is coming from to bring this light. He's coming from Galilee of the Gentiles. The person who's bringing this light is coming from Galilee. And Galilee was the place that was despised. Galilee was the place that was backward. In fact, you had this town, one of the towns in Galilee, the town Nazareth. It was pe people knew it as, as they would say, what good can come out of Nazareth? It was a place that was backward, a backward village. And some of us here probably know what it feels like to come from a little town. 
where people don't think about that too much. In, in fact, maybe some of us even don't even tell people where we come from. I mean, we live in Midrand now. Who cares? <laughs> but the truth is, we, we do that because we know the sneering arrogance of the world. Who think they know how things happen? Who think they know that great things don't happen in little towns? Great thoughts, great events, great people don't come out of little towns. So, some people don't even, that, that's, we know that, we understand that. The world has its own ideas of how things should happen. And even for us here this evening, with whatever darkness we are thinking of, or whatever darkness we are facing, we probably think we know where the light should come from. But the truth is, the light comes from unexpected places. Why? Because God wants to confound the wisdom of the world. God confounds the wisdom of the world. The light comes from unexpected places, not according to the thinking of the world. The world likes to write people off. It says that person can never change. The situation can never be rescued. Light can never come from that place. But God, even as we think of where this light came from, from Galilee, showing us, whoever you are, wherever you've come from, whatever darkness you're facing, the light has dawned. The light is available. God sees as a, as a good thing to come and shine a light to people like you. And how are to receive this light? It says in verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now this is how Jesus was, was going to come and bring this light. Not like something he was just going to come and, 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 and bring like literally a light. This is how he's bringing the light. This is how we receive the light. He says, this prophecy is talking about the person who's going to come and bring the light is coming from Galilee. And we see Jesus starting his ministry and he's saying, repent and believe. For the, for the kingdom is now at hand. Now, the word repent almost like a, like a coin. It comes in two. It's like, it's repent and believe. Sometimes the Bible uses it, it, it wants to say repent. Sometimes it just says believe. But it's actually talking about the same thing. You do it in the same way. You repent and believe. And repent actually means you change your mind about something. You turn around and change your mind about something. Specifically for us this evening as we're talking about light and darkness. Repent means Change your mind about where you think the light comes from. From the places, you, you know the places of your darkness. Where have you been thinking the light will shine from? It says repent and believe for the kingdom is at hand. And also repent and believe in the Bible is used in a continuous tense. It's not something you do once. As much as you, you, you start with it, but it's something we all do again and again. Continue to repent and believe. That's the Christian life. Repent and believe. The light has dawned. Let the light 
in. And it is possible to live it in darkness even though the light is shining out there. Uh, we, we, we just moved into a different place now. And uh, we have these thick, thick um, curtains. My wife got these thick curtains. And what's, what's crazy about them is we could wake up in the morning because they are so thick. We can't tell whether it's like it's morning or not. Like we had to check the time because the room is dark. Um, the room is so dark, it's, we, we can't tell. Sometimes it's like it's, we have to check, oh, actually, it's 8 o'clock, or it's 9 o'clock. We have to get up. But we can't, although the light is outside, we can't see it. We can't experience it. Sometimes it, it will take our daughter to just come and open it up. And sometimes it's, just, it's so striking. We have to tell her to close again. And to be honest, that's how light can shine in our lives. We can be so much darkness that even when we get a chance of light coming into us, we want to pull it back. No, close it again. It's too much. To those who are not Christians here, my message for you is to repent and believe the gospel. And let the light shine in your life. But to the Christian here again this evening, repent and believe the gospel and let the light shine in your life. If you're not a Christian here this evening, if you do not know God personally, you do not believe that He has sent the light in the Lord Jesus, you are continuing to live in darkness when light is shining out. We are closed in this darkness. But if you're a Christian, which areas of your life have you blocked the light from shining? Repent and believe the gospel. And open up your house. Open up yourself to the places of darkness. It's so interesting that people think that Christianity is very sentimental, it's very fuzzy and all of that stuff. But to, to be honest, Christianity is not that. It's very straightforward with us. Even right now, at this place, at this time of Christmas, when there's all of this fun and fuzzy thing, Christmas says, or Advent says, there's darkness in the world. There's nothing fuzzy about it. There's nothing sentimental about it. There's darkness in the world, but God, in his grace, has dawned his light through Jesus Christ. And the light Jesus brings is a holistic light. It brings life, it brings truth, it brings beauty to the things that have, have lied to us, that they will satisfy us, that they think, that they're showing us that they are beautiful. The light actually shows the truth. Here's beauty. Beauty is found in Christ. Here's truth. Truth is found in Christ. Here's life. Life is found in Christ. Light is shining to show us all of those things. And this light is a gift of grace. All that is needed for us to receive this light has been accomplished. Jesus has gone to the cross. He has paid the penalty of us in full payment. Actually, when he died, in Matthew 27, talks about darkness fell over the land. That word land actually can mean earth. It, it, the darkness fell over the earth. The light of the world descended into darkness so that those in darkness can experience light. 
the gospel. He humbled himself and died. And he rose again. And that will also mean for us that we will need to humble ourselves to receive this life. To admit darkness. To admit darkness within us. I don't know if you've received a gift. I know now, now it's time for Christmas and I don't know if the people do the gifts thing. Um, I don't know if you've received a gift that actually says something about you. You know, like someone will give you uh, a book of how to seven steps to not to be an obnoxious person. Like, or, or how to, or like, like a book that will, <laughs> like, like a diet program or something. Like, here's a gift. It's, it's actually, you don't want that. I mean, you don't want that gift. As much as you want it, I mean, if you are that person. In fact, if you admit that gift, if you take it, you're admitting who this person is saying you are. But it's funny, we don't have a problem with, if I'm broke and someone says a gift of money, I'm like, oh, okay. As much as it says something about me, I'm admitting that I'm broke and I'm thanking this person for giving me this. The gift of salvation, the gift of light, will mean that we have to admit that we are lost, that we are in darkness, that we need God. It makes us humble and to admit that. But God has been gracious to give us that. Here are a few things that I just want to leave you with for this evening as we think about the light and darkness. If you didn't hear anything of what I said, Here's one of the things I just want you to, to, to go with as you go home. This Christmas period, this Advent period, wants us to admit that there is darkness. Admit that there is darkness in your life. At least do that. Admit that there is darkness around you. At, at least do that. And identify it in you. Don't just admit it, identify it. But also resist, if you're a Christian here this evening, resist the ways of darkness. The light has come. We don't have to be people walking in darkness. The light of Christ has shone in us. Therefore, let's continue to walk in light. But also remember, light has come in the person of Jesus. He can be the light for you when all other lights has gone out. When all other lights that you've been thinking that will help you, when they actually don't, when the things that you actually you think they're going to happen, when they actually don't, and they bring you back to the darkness, he'll continue shining the light to you. Admit it. Admit there's light, there's darkness in you. But the beauty of this text is the people dwelling in darkness, which is all of us, of those dwelling in the region, in the shadow of death. That's how deep this darkness is. It is a shadow of death. On them, the light has dawned. As you go through this period of Christmas, even as you go through Christmas, think about this. The light of Jesus Christ has dawned. Open it up. Open the curtains. Let the light shine in. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word brings light. Thank you that your word is a light into our path and a lamp into our feet. Lord, I do pray for everyone here this evening that they will truly find light. The Lord, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is clear that Christ has done everything for us. We need to believe in what he has done for us. Lord, I do pray for every, every, every single person here this evening that, Lord, you would help them to face the darkness but also not stop there, shine the light in them, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, just a few things.